out. Tanner Pearson in on the left wing. So Foley going to the net. Here's Nick Shore across and went off with Branson. And then the goaltender, I think. Kings maintain control. Muzzin scores. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. We've got a little bit more perspective on the Kings' recent games in China today, courtesy of two familiar faces that actually traveled with the team, LA Kings insider John Rosen and from Fox Sports West, Jack A. Wilson. Uh, we'll be talking about what the players did on the ice, what they did off the ice. As always, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you don't miss an episode. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com podcast. Joining me now, just back from China, LA Kings insider John Rosen. How are you doing today, John? Good, other than a, a little bit of uh, jet lag that seemed to kind of affect a lot of us while we were in China. Uh, doing really well and excited to uh, continue to uh, uh, restart this preseason. A big game uh, coming up against the Vegas Golden Knights. Indeed, and also joining us, also back from China, uh, Fox Sports West senior producer Jack A. Wilson. How are you doing tonight, Jack? I'm great. Uh, other than being busy organizing my uh, photo album of John Rosen sleeping on planes and buses. <laughs> Look, I'm sure you guys were swamped with all of the travel you, you both had to do uh, overseas, but I feel like everybody back home had uh, just as uh, much work to do hitting like across all the different platforms of social media that you guys were, were posting all your photos to. Jack, you've had an opportunity to travel with this team with specific players um, following them around with their day with the cup, different trips. How does this trip to China rank on your personal experiences in, in the, the sports industry? Well, since the Kings didn't win a cup immediately prior to this, uh, <laughs> I'll put it somewhere after those. Uh, but no, it was cool. It was, I don't know if I would have ever gone to China in any other way um, to see the first NHL trip into China was, was pretty special. Um, it was be just if nothing else because no one knew what to expect really um there were a lot of unknowns and a lot of kind of like well we'll figure that out when we get there or you know the, obviously the kings in the nhl put massive amounts of planning in and it showed and and in the way that um i mean it was a massive operation and uh in a brand new place and the way and as smoothly as it went it was pretty impressive how how many masters did you have to serve, Jack, between the Kings, the league, your responsibilities with Fox Sports, uh, whatever hip, hiccups there might have been, you know, with, with travel arrangements, uh, with government agencies? I mean, was your head just constantly on a swivel? No, I mean, it was, I was there to work for Fox Sports West, and, you know, we're the Kings team partner, so we work closely with them. We, you know, we were shooting our show, and working very, very closely with, with Rob McPherson and Ryan Todd, a couple of the guys from LA Kings Productions, as well as some of the guys who were there from NHL Productions. So we we're all kind of working in, uh, side by side, doing our own thing, but sharing uh, resources with one another, which that the part of the experience was especially awesome. I love working with the LA Kings Production guys, um, especially. And But, you know, it's the nice part was, because we're the team partner, and, and and also a lot of the NHL guys traveled with the team as well. Um, the Kings had let us tag along. Um, my camera guy, Lewis, and I, as as part of their traveling crew, which I don't think we could have done this otherwise if we didn't have their resources infrastructure to kind of piggyback onto to kind of find our way through the country um, covering this 
this uh, this kind of road trip of theirs. John, you travel with the team, obviously, and I know in your personal life you like to travel as well. Uh, were you able to use any of this trip as a personal vacation, or was it all just work sun up to sundown? No, it was definitely not a vacation, um, but it was a lot of personal enjoyment of what we were doing. I mean, it was two kind of two different trips. First, there was Shanghai. Uh, and which was very much just, you know, going to the rink and practicing, going to the rink for the morning skate, going to the rink for the game and going back to the hotel. Just a, it, was, it was kind of like a regular road trip where you get to stay in one city. And by the way, two very different cities, Shanghai and Beijing. Um, Shanghai, probably a little bit more. I, I don't know if anyone has spent time in like the Upper East Side of Manhattan. It's a combination maybe of that and like Vegas um, on steroids because it's a much larger city than New York. It's just kind of on this incomprehensible type of a scale. Um, but the area that we were staying at was very nice and cosmopolitan and international, had great dinners. Um, and then you go to Beijing, uh, you know, in the traffic when we were getting there from the Great Wall to Beijing, you know, it's, it's a little bit different. It's, you know, it's like the 405, you know, on a Thursday afternoon. That might not even really do a good job of describing it. But once we were in Beijing, it was a little bit different. There was some sightseeing. We went to the Great Wall, which was incredible. We went tobogganing down this metal racetrack or, you know, slide track down the Great Wall just below it. And that was insanely good if it really didn't have too much of a cultural significance to it. Um, I would have I would have like done that five times if someone said, like, you know, you won't be able to catch the bus back to Beijing and have to be on your own. But you can go down that toboggan sled five more times. I probably would have chosen that. Um, and then, of course, the next I, I, I would I, I would uh, I would like to argue uh, John's point about not having cultural significance. There was a guy dressed as an ancient Chinese warrior uh, who would let you take his picture for like for like 100 yuan before we went down the slide. So I think there was plenty of cultural significance. There. Yeah, you know, for a spectacle, it was it was awesome. And even, you know, like Coach Stevens went down and everybody in the staff, the team, you can, you know, you check their Instagram accounts. There's all this like one toboggan ride. It was incredible. And it was very like moderately regulated. It's something that you definitely could not have in the United States. Um, where there would be like two or three people like flying off the track and suing, you know, every day, it, probably in the U.S. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like on the honor system. So, you know, the, the wise guy behind me didn't feel like using his brake and slammed into my back. I was very frustrated because I was too close to the people in front of me and they weren't fast enough. Anyway, uh, the next day we went to Tiananmen Square and that was a pretty uh, incredible, sobering, um, life, uh, you know, memorable experience. Um, so, you know, the, the first part of the trip, it was really hockey. And then you had a day off going to the wall. And then the morning of the final game, which was an afternoon game in Beijing, um, you know, pretty, pretty incredible trip, uh, see, sightseeing in, in downtown Beijing, which is a very different, different city from Shanghai. Um, so it was, it was cool. It was a fun time. Um, you know, I, you know, memorable, unforgettable, extremely interesting trip. And we're all glad we did it before we get into the actual, I would, I would like, sorry, go ahead, Jack. Can I add a disclaimer? Yeah. I was going to add a disclaimer because, because John really sold that metal to Bogdan, but I would like to say if you're over <laughs> six feet tall, there are issues with, you know, just general fit and comfort. I got nothing. It's, about, it, it's, it's like a good two minute ride. Like it, it's, it's a, it, it is one of those things where you get halfway through. It's amazing. And I would, like John said, I would do it five times over again in a row. But you do get about halfway down. It's like this. I don't think this is ever going to end. And uh, if you're trying to cram over six feet into that cart, uh, that does get a little uncomfortable at a certain point. <laughs> now, before we get into the games and the arenas and the players, I do want to uh, hang on the wall for just a second because uh, 
I can't imagine a trip to China without seeing the Great Wall. I mean, I've never been, but but it would absolutely be top of my list of things I'd want to do. Uh, our mutual friends Josh Cooper and the Royal Half both seemed confused at the excitement at the possibility of seeing the Great Wall. So Jack, having seen it now, how great is it? And are our mutual friends crazy for not caring? I mean, it's it's great on so many it's literally great it's uh it, it, just the, the how old it, just something that that is that old and that massive and that it's just incomprehensible in scale i guess is what it is is what is what's amazing about it and um i, I mean i don't know what the royal half thinks that something is being snarky about something and saying that it's, that it's not cool enough i got I think that he's just trying to stay on brand, right? If he said that, that those pictures look awesome or if he validated anyone's excitement about anything other than whatever his snarky, you know, whatever. Uh, the San Jose and, Sharks uh, certainly didn't have a great wall in the 2014 playoffs. Right, yeah. So, the, I mean, it's. Yes, uh, the next time I judge by uh, what the royal half thinks is interesting or fun uh, will be the first time, so that's it. Well, I'll dip my toe in uh, in his pool and say, uh, John, greater uh, aging monument, uh, Yarmir Yager's career or the Great Wall of China? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's a good question. Uh, it was it was amazing. I mean, you know, you you speak of both in like hushed terms. Like when we were um, up in the Great Wall, it's like you know it's it's calming it's quiet people are like just taking in the surroundings you know i could have gone you know up to the players and been you know you know trevor lewis what is your favorite part about this great wall trip and, <laughs> you know, and that would have been fine you would have had a great quote but at some point you also want to experience it firsthand and genuinely yourself because that's a once in a lifetime type opportunity and just as it is for the players and you know not every single thing has to be you know cataloged like that so um, oh. it, was, it was it was amazing. Although it was on video, and make sure you watch uh, the <laughs> China Game special on Fox Sports West and on uh, I'm sure Black and White and uh, Los Angeles Kings production. So, John, yeah, John, not not important to document it. Then why was like why were we carrying heavy cameras and, and cameras <laughs> up and down that wall? Then so uh, certain parameters in blogging, you just don't touch the Great Wall. It's, it's a rule that everyone knows. All right, fair enough, John. Uh, you mentioned the difference between the two cities. I'm curious if that manifested itself in the crowds and their reactions to the games? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Shanghai is, is you know, the city proper is the largest city on Earth. It's, again, it's these futuristic skyscrapers, more skyscrapers going up in, in like, than, than anywhere, you know, I, I speaking generally. But it's, again, the, the mass of the scope. It's, it's so many things to do. It's not too different from Los Angeles, where there are a lot of things to do in the city of L.A. So um, you can be... You know, in Pudong, uh, you know, near the expo, near the Mercedes-Benz Arena, and then you can be like, you know, six, ten blocks away and not have a great sense uh, or not have any sense at all that those games are going on. So, um, you know, the Shanghai crowd filled about two thirds of the arena. Um, it, it was interesting. You know, at, at first they were, you know, they were che cheering any hit. Um, seemed very appreciative for hockey to be being played there. Um, and again, it, it was sort of, you know, seen as, you know, a unique new kind of spectacle. Whereas the Beijing crowd. Um, knew a, probably a little bit more about the game. It was virtually full, just the very upper corners, the reaches up there were not full. Um, and it's up to the north. So winter sports are a little bit more popular in Beijing. The Kings still hosted uh, a couple of clinics uh, back in Shanghai, and there is a good hockey population there. It's to a greater degree part of the expat population that's in Shanghai um, uh, than it is in Beijing. But 
Um, Beijing has more people who are interested in hockey. The KHL team has moved up there permanently, Kunlun Red Star, um, and, and the CWHL team, uh, which is up there as well. So uh, bigger, a little bit more into the game. Someone today called it a little bit closer to a playoff atmosphere type of a game. But, you know, it, it's awesome. I mean, this is, I'd rather be going to China, to be going to watch a preseason game in Beijing and Shanghai than going to a game at like Gila River Arena in <laughs> London or something like that. Um, I love the off-site games. The year before, going to Craft Hockeyville and Vernon uh, and, and Lumbee and taking that trip to the small town of Lumbee was a lot of fun. These are really memorable trips. You know, you're, what are you going to remember about, you know, a September 26th game at Gila River Arena and, you know, in which, you know, two goaltenders aren't going to make the team, split time and yada, yada, yada. So uh, you get it. Uh, they were technically Kings home games, but Jack, did it feel like uh, a home game for the Kings? It, it, watching through the television, it seemed like they kept referencing the number of Canucks fans in, on hand. There, there were a lot of Canucks fans. I, I feel like we saw more Kings fans when we got to Beijing. We, we, um, it was kind of awesome. We saw a lot of kids in Kings jerseys at the Fan Fest outside the arena in Beijing, I think is where we saw um, the most presence there. And I, I don't know if those kids bought those jerseys in anticipation of the Kings coming or if, you know, the Kings already just have their footprint there. But, but um, it was, I think, one of the most, striking things i noticed in shanghai was the variety of jerseys and the awesome like the random khl jerseys and um and and ohl jerseys i saw a couple ohl jerseys that those were um i i don't know i don't know where you know but there was a good amount of of like uh john said some expats and then I do know that there were some people that I, I met uh, in Shanghai that were Vancouver residents who were part of the large Chinese population in Vancouver and who had come, kind of saw this as an opportunity to visit family and, and see their team play um, in their their family's home country. So, um, so yeah, there, there were definitely, there was a big Canucks population, but like I said, in Shanghai, it was kind of cool to see the variety of different types of hockey fans and random jerseys pop out in the crowd. You know, it's funny, I always think of minor league games as the best opportunity to see a wide variety of jerseys, but I, it sounds like it sounds like this one had a beat. Yeah, it was definitely, it was it was interesting. I think, again, like like John said, the, the sport of hockey just in general is as more, they're more familiar with it in Beijing. So when you got down to Shanghai, the, the kind of odd collection of fans that are brought out was definitely interesting. So let's talk about the actual games on the ice. John, the roster that was sent to China looked pretty much like it had most of the, you know, the marquee names, the big star players. The roster obviously not set fully in ink yet. Um, a few bottles open, a few spots open. One player that I think has a big question mark, um, not necessarily whether he'll make the team, but just we don't all aren't intimately familiar with him is Oscar Fontenberg. Uh, he's played a lot this camp. How did he look uh, and what did you think of his play? Yeah, he, he he acquitted himself well. But going back a little bit, there are definitely spots open both up front and on the back end for this Kings team. And some of them are moving around on the back end right now as Fontenberg has kind of played his way into actual consideration for a roster spot. In the summer, it was kind of, you know, not always, you know, stated, but acknowledged that this was somebody who was very likely going to be starting his, you know, North American career playing in Ontario. But uh, he's played three games and, and he's impressed in, in lots of moments in all three. Um, you know, he showed a good route to putts, being able to get into good position to leverage defenders. But I think the thing that's really stood out so far is just his ability to make that first pass, um, you know, very 
hard, crisp, diagonal first pass. And, and you know, it's easy to do that when you're not getting forechecked just as hard. Um, and, and Vancouver wasn't always consistently able to um, to really execute that forecheck. Um, but he was somebody, again, that, that moved the puck really well, quickly, with authority. Um, and, and that's something that's going to continue to, you know, put him in consideration for a roster spot right now. Um, you know, I think talking about him, you know, he, he's good at creating pace, um, recognizes the options quickly, which is something that is a, you know, major um, strength that you have to have playing in the modern game where you have to spend as little time uh, as possible in your defensive zone um, and move the puck as quickly as possible to the hands of forwards. He's a good skater, good, powerful strides, uh, conserves energy uh, in the strides that he takes. So, um, you know, he's somebody that is is certainly seen his stock rise. It's at right now a little bit of the stock of Curtis McDermott, who's going to play against Vegas, but so far hasn't even logged, you know, 10 minutes in the preseason just because, you know, he fought and, and had penalties in the first game. Um, and the team had intended to play him in, uh, in in China, but decided instead in the game that they sat through Dowdy to put Fontenberg into a little bit wider array of situations, and he, he fared pretty well. Uh, Christian Foline is also somebody that is, you know, you know, right now fighting for a roster spot as well. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen Kevin Gravel yet this preseason, but the indications that we have and kind of a lukewarm appraisal of his game, what it was last year and what he has to do, means that it's very possible that um, he's going to uh, potentially start out the season in Ontario and be a recall if the team needs him. Uh, that appraisal, by the way, you can read at LAKingsInsider.com. Uh, you know, John Stevens spoke about him uh, shortly before the trip. Um, so, so as for the games themselves, the first game was... Uh, dominated by special teams. Uh, it was a slashing slash fests that uh, the Kings were able to convert in the power play, able to convert shorthanded four on four empty net goal, five on five goal. So they won that one five to two. Um, the second game, uh, you know, the Kings rested a number of players. Vancouver did not have Bo Horvat, who was dealing with a minor something. Um, and the Kings able to cash in on their chances in the beginning of the game, looked fine defensively. And Darcy Kemper had a really good game. You know, I was talking to some people in the Kings front office. Uh, about Jack Campbell, who was quite good in, in Anaheim. And they also said, yeah, Darcy Kemper was really good in that second game, too. So, um, you know, it's it's against a team that you, you know, Kings at full strength, you would expect them to probably fare pretty well at. Um, but so far was, it you know, an encouraging pass from the two games in China. And it's going to be interesting because they're going against the Vegas team. Not that we need to, like, start, you know, hijacking preseason uh, <laughs> odds and, and, you know, stuff like that. But, you know. It's three games remaining, and there's still some spots to be had on this team. I'm just disappointed that John spoke that long about about Fottenberg and didn't praise his hair. But uh, the hair, I'm I'm still amazed with like Toffoli, what his hair is. Kopitar has a uh, very good flow right now. Dowdy, always somebody that's uh, that's ranking well in that category. Toffoli is, but Oscar, yeah, what's that? But Oscar Fottenberg, that hair is is wonderful. It's majestic. I just. You should make the team on that alone. I was most impressed with Toffoli, though. John just about referenced it. Is it as long as it looks on television? Yeah, yeah, it looks good. You know, and Nick Dowd also has uh, some curls growing in right now, a little bit of a beard, but he, he says he's, he's about to shave it. He just hasn't gotten it in there. Why are we getting into grooming practices right now? How did this I don't know. Like? I mentioned Oscar Fondenberg's hair, and you went down the list of the whole team for some reason. I don't know what, what just happened there, man. I made one joke, and you, like, went and ran with it. Uh, Jack, I'm curious to know. Uh, we've talk, covered some of the newer faces, but uh, how did uh, Trevor Lewis and Kyle Clifford look? Uh, I, I, the whole I thought the whole team looked pretty well, looked pretty great all around. Um, 
it, it was fun just to be around Kings hockey again. You know, that, that first game started there in Shanghai. And I think, I, I don't know if John had the same reaction, but I realized how much I missed hockey season. You know, it was, it was great seeing, you know, Ajay Kopitar take, take laps around the, uh, the rink during warmups. And then, uh, you know, and then, and that was before the dragon even had to hit the ice. So, you know, <laughs> after that, it was, uh, I, I, I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, we've had the castle doors, right. That the Kings had at one point, I feel like we bring that back and now you bring the China over from the game, from the pregame ceremony in Shanghai we're like we could we could like just play off the whole Game of Thrones kind of hysteria here, <laughs> and just and, and kind of like get like a whole pregame opening montage for. I don't know if LA Kings Game Entertainment has set the the plan for the home opener, but I feel like we're on to something here. Now you've got my mind reeling trying to think of how many teams in the league actually have mascots uh, or iconography that 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 mirror those in, in Game of Thrones. I'm going to cut myself off there. And, uh, Sean, we talked about the players on the ice. Uh, obviously, new coaching staff, new assistant coaches. I'm curious how they handle this. You know, obviously, their, their sort of first real game action um, being overseas, a difficult scenario. How did, the, how, how did they handle it? On ice, uh, you know, John Stevens was happy just as, at this level of the preseason of where the team was installing its its systems and its structure. They were getting some chances down the center of the ice, probably the best uh, representation of which was the Trevor Lewis to uh, to Nick Shorgol uh, from early on in the game in Beijing. Um, but what really stuck with me and what will stick with me for this trip is that John Stevens was asked probably about 10, 15 questions about growing the game of hockey. Why are you in China? Um, what does this mean? When will you learn whether this has been a success? Um, and, and he says, well, first of all, you're not going to know for years whether this is going to be a success, probably not until after the Beijing Olympics or until uh, you know China is able to produce a player who can play professionally. Um, but he, again, went back to you have to see hockey live. Hockey must be enjoyed live. It's not anything that they, they do have a, uh, a hockey package that you can get in China, but there's nothing like that. You know, even if it's just preseason, being there as a young kid, feeling the blast of cold air, seeing the colors, that's something that's very kind of it, it sticks with you. It's something that is like a physical reaction that you get from seeing a hockey game um, and being able to have that live. Um, the results of whether this will be a success won't be known for several years. But, you know, John Stevens very articulately, coherently, much better than I am right now. Um, each time he was asked about that, you know, shared different reflections of being able to be the first team to go out and grow the game. And he also spoke about how it was at the very perfect part of the preseason because, um, they had time before and they have time after. Um, they're still able to give players the proper amount of rest. Um, they were still able to start training camp a little bit earlier than they would have two days earlier. So um, it's, um, you know, he, he sold it well. He was a good ambassador for the game. Um, I thought that came off really well when he was speaking with the media. I, I just can't wait to go back in a few years and see all those kids in Adrian Kempe jerseys. Uh, you know, the first ever NHL or school of gold in China, I think, uh, noted in history for time to come. So, Jack, obviously a first time for you in China, first time for the Kings in China, first time for fans to get a look at it coming up. You covered uh, a lot of the trip. What did you What did you film? What will we see, and when can we see it? Um, well, it's, we filmed a lot, I guess, is the first part of the answer. Like I mentioned, we... Uh, we worked alongside LA Kings Productions and uh, and NHL Productions and uh, shared a lot of our resources and, and and media and the content that we gathered. 
um, you know, I know LA Kings production is, is working on some projects with it, uh, highlighting the, the, how the efforts that the Kings are making to grow the game. And uh, I, I know that NHL production is putting together a half hour show and we're putting together a half hour show as well. That will focus just on the Kings side of the trip. Um, and we, outside of covering the practices and games and, we had mics on players and coaches for all of the practices and games, so we'll we'll hear bits and pieces of that and uh, what was going on on the ice. Um, and then we got to tag along as the players um, kind of soaked in the uh, the culture. Um, we went with a group of players, including uh, Nick Cloud and Paul Ledoux, to uh, the uh, French concession area, which is kind of one of the more uh, – Ritzier uh, shopping areas of uh, Shanghai, which, as as John mentioned, is is one of the pl- more flashy cosmopolitan cities I've ever seen. Um, and uh, we also went to kind of the older side of, of the city and the old mar- old town market and the uh, the famous Yu Gardens in Shanghai uh, with with another group of players. Um, you know. I think on that trip, most of the team went. And same thing, we documented uh, a good portion of, of those players and their trip. But um, uh, I think the highlight that John and I both kind of touched on already was the Great Wall. And we uh, we followed a, a, one of the group's players who was walking up and down the wall, including uh, Jake Muzzin and Andre Kropitar, uh, Jeff Zadkoff, and uh, Darcy Kemper. Um, and kind of got to see it, it was especially interesting watching Darcy Kemper and Jeff Zadkoff, who um, who seem to have, have developed a good relationship uh, and friendship um, in just the short amount of time they've been playing together. And uh, but on the wall specifically, they both seem to uh, really be excited about just being there and, and the experience. And Jeff Zadkoff, John wrote a piece actually about Jeff and some, what was he, what he was looking to get out of the trip and experience in the culture. And, uh, Darcy Kemper seemed to kind of be on the same page there and, and had a real enthusiasm for it. So that, that, I think like fan, fans will appreciate that. You're going to see a little personality come out in these guys as they just act like tourists. You know, um, I posted a, uh, I was helping take some pictures for the Fox sports West Instagram account. And I took one picture and I sent, um, that we posted that, that I especially loved which it was just a picture of Andre Kopitar holding his cell phone up, taking a picture on the Great Wall, uh, like a selfie on the Great Wall, with just the biggest grin on his face with, like, the big view behind him. And it's like, it's it's just, you know, whether the Royal Half or Josh Cooper thinks it's uh, not <laughs> impressive enough, you know, it can make a guy who's one of the greatest hockey players in the world and has seen a lot of cool stuff and experienced a lot of cool things. It can make him stop and just kind of be in awe for a second. And uh, I think fans will enjoy kind of seeing that. And when does that air? That will air um, October 7th, following the uh, Kings-Sharks game on Fox Sports West. Any chance that we get any footage of John Rosen on that uh, metal toboggan that you guys referenced? Uh, no, but like I said, if you ever... <laughs> I was going too uh, fast. They couldn't catch me. It was a nice try. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, we did. I will say we uh, we did give uh, 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 Andre Kopitar. That's who it was. Andre Kopitar took the uh, GoPro down. Uh, Rob McPherson got of LA Kings Productions was was uh, able to get his GoPro into Andre's hands uh, to take it down the slide. So you will have GoPro footage of Andre Kopitar riding uh, down the, the metal toboggan. And uh, you know, I've been as far as John Rosen goes. 
like I said, if you want to find me in the Concourse Valley Kings game, I'll happily let you scroll through my uh, (laughs) photo album on my iPhone of uh, John Rosen sleeping on planes and buses. Or, you know what, maybe I'll just create like an iCloud album I can just share with all the Kings fans. Well, I was just going to say, why why is that not a Tumblr account yet? Well, just hey, Kings fans, DM me your uh, your your i your uh, Apple account, and I'll share my uh, iCloud uh, album for you with you. <laughs> uh, John, before we go, I have to. I'm I'm legally obligated to ask you this question. Uh, how was the food? Oh, it was uh, fantastic. Like when you go to these NHL events, when you go to Kings events, you're treated extremely well. So there were really good dinners. You know, it's not just that you know the, the Kings and the staff that are there. You know, their partners are there. Several key, you know, people representing key sponsors or representatives from Adidas who are there, representatives from Fox and Fox Sports West. So everybody is tr- treated extremely well. That's my long way of saying I wish we had dim sum breakfast every single day in the United States. I don't know if that is necessarily accurate, but it, there was it, it was fun getting like eggs and bacon and a pork bun um, and a little, um, you know, you know, pot sticker for breakfast. too. Everything was great. My favorite restaurant was probably Lost Heaven. Uh, in Shanghai, um, but it was great. And Jack also picked me up some Nasi Goreng so I could eat it on the bus on the way to the final game, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> I, I Can I just say that there were awesome restaurants that we ate at, and uh, the food, the traditional food, was uh, was awesome to experience. But my very favorite thing was I, just, I found a little... You know, I, I think a lot of people, when you go to a new city, you, you experience, like, the culture with nice sit-down dinner. Uh, but also, you go find the street food, right? So, uh, just a few blocks from our hotel, I found a little chicken shack, uh, literally just a stand. Uh, it was, like, a fryer and a counter and a lady behind the counter. And I got, uh, God knows what part of the chicken it was, <laughs> but uh, it, they were literally called chicken balls. So, uh, we'll, you know, they looked like little chicken nuggets and uh, plum-flavored french fries. Oh, wow. And I got it two days in a row. Two days in a row uh, for lunch following practice, and I wish I could eat it every day. It was amazing. Does so that in Shanghai, uh, go look for some plum-flavored French fries. Wow. Um, there was also a Din Tai Fung in Shanghai, and I'm ashamed that the first time <laughs> I ever went to Din Tai Fung, I had to go to Shanghai and not, like, Pasadena to go there. Uh, <laughs> but the Shaolong Bao was outstanding there. Um, I, I've probably advertised it like 18 times. Sorry for repeating myself on the blog, but there's a great place in Vancouver that if you like those soup dumplings that you've got to go, it's called Lynn's and it's at the corner of uh, Broadway and Granville, you know, just South of uh, the downtown area, um, in Vancouver. But, um, Din Tai Fung was also quite good. There was very good food for the entire trip. Just speaking of the dinners, I, we, I think we, we were introduced to, uh, to like, thank God Derek Armstrong was on the trip. I'll just say that much because, <laughs> If ever you're there's a time I, I I can see why he was beloved as a teammate because you you're on a trip that long and there are moments where everyone is just feeling beleaguered and beat down and tired and dirty and those were the moments where Derek Armstrong where Army could say hey like if he could flip the mood of the whole crowd that's um, really true that's just, really true it, it's and you kind of, it is funny because like. I, you got a very, very small glimpse of what it must have been like to play on a hockey team with him, and you totally understand what we – Mike Camilleri, obviously, on the team now, was Army's teammate – or, excuse me, roommate at one point. There was one point on the flight out there where I looked up, and in the aisle of the plane, it was Mike Camilleri, Derek Armstrong, 
uh, Luke Robitaille and Rob Blake all, you know, kind of just kind of stretching their legs and chatting. And, and it's amazing to think those guys all play together and the overlap that spans from those teams to this team. And, and no matter who was in that crowd chatting, Derek Armstrong is the center and kind of the driving force there. And that was, that was one of the most fun aspects of the trip. Excellent. Well, hopefully uh, fans will get a chance to at least get a sense of the feel of this trip from the, from the show. You mentioned Jack, John, I want to thank you for joining me, Jack, as always, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks yeah, so much, Jason. Awesome. And uh, look, we're like 10 days away from real, actual NHL hockey. So subscribe to the podcast, Kings fans. Stay tuned. We will talk to both Jack and John as the season progresses, and we'll talk to you soon. And make sure you tweet at John your favorites for this year's Bark Madness. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>